0: A fun, fun little announcement before we get started is you guys may have seen Mosin on last week with Adam. Adam filled in for me because at a last minute thing, and he jumped on. And uh, Mosin's company, crew is officially a, a, a Draper Gorin Home portfolio company now. So go to drapergorinhome.com and check the blog posts and learn about crew we're, we're really excited to have them. But to today, we got. Uh, Matthew is one of the, the co-founders of DGENs, and uh, they're on Twitter at Uh one of the first uh, Ethereum sports betting uh, websites out there. And, you know, you can, uh, I, I, I think when, when we started working together was soon after you guys added DAI to the mix so you can make bets with DAI. And uh, and you know, I'm very excited to have you. So, Matthew, I'd love to hear your background before we jump in, um, and how you got into sports betting and and uh, D-gens.
1: Well, my background comes uh, mainly from the financial world, the uh, stock markets, uh, derivatives, options. I thought that stuff was, uh, I guess, kind of cool, and uh, I guess at some point I sort of uh moved towards the sports betting market because I felt that the financial markets were maybe too, um, efficient where, um, it was too difficult to make money in the financial markets because of the big wigs, the hedge fund managers and the wall street guys with hundreds of billions of dollars. And I thought there may be more money in the sports betting market. And, um, corollarily, um, The crypto markets and so I uh, just sort of felt that these markets um, presented a lot more opportunity than um, what was sort of presented out there on Wall Street yeah I mean I think there's a lot of um, it's sort of similar to a lot of the reasons
0: people got into crypto right there's it, it you know whether you think it's it's fair or not or whatever like you know the the Opportunities aren't available to everyone, um, and there isn't a level playing field. And crypto uh, feels like that—that that place to be. Um, really, uh, before before we dive in, also, um, you're uh, you're based in in Thailand, right? Uh,
1: so yeah. it's
0: I, I'm a, I'm a,
1: I'm based out of uh, Bangkok, a beautiful place to live. Um, Beaches, 100% wet, 100 degree weather every day, low cost of living, um, beautiful place. If you're sort of a digital nomad, if you can uh, live on a computer, which you, as yourself, and probably most of us listening to this, can, it's a great place. Um, Yeah. And I. Uh, DeFi and uh, Ethereum and crypto sort of allows us to sort of do this. The power of decentralization, there's no need to go into the office anymore, right? We're seeing all these, uh, you guys are from California. There's no need to go into the office in San Francisco or New York anymore. It's all work from home, right? So, this, I see, I think it's an advantage. I and mean, it,
0: it's a competitive advantage to be able to work from home nowadays as well. I mean, at least for this temporary period of time where, you know, even, even now that things are getting better, it's depending on where you are in the world and what company you're a part of and, and what industry you're in, what, how comfortable you are with certain things. Uh, you know, are locked down at home. And I think that this accelerated, uh, you know, this accelerated blockchains adoption, you know, 10X in this last year
1: because of it too. Yeah, so totally. So I think uh, decentralization as a a theme uh, affects, I think, you know, guys in uh, California and New York and London and whatnot, where if you have a laptop and you run a D app, you can work anywhere in the world. You know, there's no, uh, like DGENs has no centralized uh, headquarters, right? Yeah. They're they governed by the token holders. There's no centralized headquarters for all of these D apps, And it's sort of uh, changing the world. And I think it's going to be one of the biggest, uh, going forward, one of the biggest uh, changes in society going forward. hundred percent.
0: Yeah, you know, what's funny is I used to talk about Bitcoin and, um you know like as i think in like 2015 um we did a talk uh out here near where i live in southern california i used to do these events and now my friend gary uh took over for the for me and is kicking butt events called 805 startups and in 2015 uh adam draper came down to do a a talk uh one of the fireside chats that i did it was kind of like this but in front of 300 people, and we did we it did, uh, uh, in, in an actual room, which is cool, because now thousands and thousands of people can watch while we do these things live from our own houses, another, another reason why this is awesome. But we did the talk, and I remember, I don't know if I said it, but I remember thinking in my mind that Bitcoin, for the average American, was sort of like, you know, marginally better, marginally different than our normal way of working with money, because in my mind, it's like, oh, it's digital money. But in our minds, our money is digital. Already, we, we don't go into the banks that often anymore. Uh, uh, whatever. But what's interesting, and I used to think okay, for the average American, it's marginally better. The average person in the Western world is marginally better. But imagine if you're in Thailand, or in uh, or in uh, Venezuela, or Argentina, or or in Africa, um, where it's significantly better, and you have wow. a much even greater reason than the American to want money that's decoupled from the government, right? And um, and you know, but you know, we saw it more recently, or I don't know how long ago that was, close to a year ago, when bombs were being dropped on Iran, and people in Iran were buying Bitcoin for two, three x the price. Uh, than everywhere else in the world because they need they you know are scared. They genuinely had this this uh, Feeling like they, they could lose their wealth at the hands of governments and so people wanted to protect uh, their Themselves so you know where I'm going at with this is now now crypto and with the way US government is and then you attach being able to work from home uh, and you know taking the value away from living in a big city right the opportunity you don't have to be in proximity to opportunity now you can you can be anywhere and so uh you know in a way we're we're now it's it's now flipping the other direction uh i think yep. where we switching to crypto um you know is can is not just it's not marginally different anymore it's it's a major difference um, yep. and then working remotely is a major difference. Um it's 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 really exciting. So let's dive back into uh DGens. Um so you know you 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 said you know that that your um, sort of went from the finance world into, into sports betting and crypto. Um, would love to hear more specifically about DGens. You mentioned, of course, uh, uh you know that, that you're Governed by the token now, and you guys have have sort of switched uh, over to that. But I'd love to hear at first off, just give the high level overview, Dgens, for people who haven't used it yet. You know, you you know already that I'm sort of a power user, especially during football season and stuff. But
1: I want to. Uh, you are you are a you pow- power. You are a what a 49 niner fan or I can't remember.
0: No, I'm, uh, uh, so it's funny, I'm in Southern California, and we have the Rams now, and the Rams actually practice literally in in the city I live in, so like everyone here is a Rams fan, but I grew up uh, out here where we didn't really have a team very often, I didn't watch football often, my father-in-law is from Wisconsin, and a huge Green Bay fan, my nephew started a family fantasy football league, like he's now 18 years old, so probably like eight, nine years, I, I don't know, no, actually like probably six years ago. And um, he was super into football. I knew nothing about football. And I got my father-in-law to join the league who was into it. And he uh, is is a Packers fan. And as a joke, uh, I would try and get his favorite players on the Packers on my fantasy team just to mess with mm-hmm. him. And uh, And what ended up happening is I started paying attention. Then the nerd in me, like watching the analytics and the data that goes into fantasy football, got me sucked in a little more and a little more. And then my son started getting older and saying, It's football Sunday. Let's watch the Packers. And then all of a sudden, like, you know, a few years later, I, I, I'm like a huge, you know, Packers fan, at least during football season. I'm, I'm not like a hardcore football guy where I'd like live and die by it, but D-Gems also gave me a new, breathed even more life into it because then I'd be like, okay, I'm putting like 50 die on the Packers game uh, uh, you know, this week. And now I have more reason to watch it. And it's become yeah, a thing. So yeah.
1: So, so, so what's cool about Dgens is uh, Dgens is a peer-to-peer sports betting exchange. So, compared to your typical sports book um, experience, where you're betting against uh, Fat Tony at the bar that has a stick that hits you if you don't pay him, we don't do that on the blockchain. Mm-hmm. Or fifty die, your 50 F bet is done on the blockchain it is collateralized it is put into a smart contract and escrowed into a smart contract and whoever wins the money flows out with no middle, middleman in between so las vegas macau is no longer needed in this sports betting uh there's no need for an intermediary like uh, similar to the stock exchange. Uh, You guys do a lot of tokenized stocks where you're trying to get away from the New York Stock Exchange and the NASDAQ and trying to do tokenized stocks. What we're trying to do is uh, get the sports betting market away from Las Vegas and Macau. So it's peer to peer. You want to bet on the Rams. I want to bet on the Packers. Boom, our bets connect on the blockchain. No intermediary, intermediary except a smart contract, which is audited, small commission gets paid to our token holders. Winner, automatically paid. And That's anyone awesome. yeah. anyone in the world can use this contract. Um, and it's uh, uh, maybe uh, outside of law, maybe a gray market. I don't know. I think a lot of people don't know how this uh, is deemed to be uh, legally, but uh, I think that's where we are right now. But I think we believe this is kind of where the market's going to go, and it's peer to peer. There's somebody in the yeah. world who has a contrary opinion to your opinion on the mm, uh, the Packers, and there's no friction. Somebody wants to bet at the same odds as you, and there's no yeah. intermediary. And the whole DeFi industry is the same sort of thing, and there's no banks. Right. So the whole crypto, yeah. is just taking away the guys in the middle, the guys that are snagging five, six, seven points. We're just taking all these guys out in the middle, right? Yeah, I think that's, that's the exciting part, right? Like the,
0: the, um, I think that the large betting institutions and large groups in the space uh, are, you know, it's, it's such a highly regulated space. It's, it's analogous to banking, right? There's, they have to pay certain overheads, but they also have this advantage of having gone through that, that uh, jump through those hoops or things like that, where they, they, for lack of a better term, have a sort of monopoly on, on, the, on it and they take uh, a big cut. And, um, mm-hmm. and you know, from a legal standpoint, I'm not an expert in this field, but I do know that most jurisdictions, uh, even here in the United States, it's not illegal to one-on-one sports bet with individuals. If you're having a barbecue um, and a $20 bet with, with each other is not necessarily Correct. illegal. So this is the same thing just in a digital fashion with no intermediary and it's fully transparent and, and, and upfront. And I think that's, that's really, really cool and important and uh, global, right? Um, so actually here's a really good question. We were going to dive into this, um, but Janet has a question asking what the future of DGens is, uh, you know, especially related to the gas fees. You know, gas fees must be uh, hurting big time. Cause I know that I can't I can no longer make like a $20 bet on DGens without spending
1: $20, $30 in gas fees. Uh, th- very good question, Janet. And I think I know Janet from uh, Twitter, maybe. And again, thanks for the question, but uh, Uh, All of these D-apps in Ethereum have the same problem. This is arguably a good problem. There's now so much demand for Ethereum apps, it's ridiculous. And the only people that can play on Ethereum right now are the whales, And we are um, actively working on a solution for this, like every single person else. And uh, I just talked to Doug, our uh, lead uh, developer, the the horse we believe is the favored to win this race. As far as L2 scaling solutions is concerned is Ethereum and optimistic roll ups as far as an L2 solution. Um, A a lot of competing firms are going on to something something similar to Matic, which Mm -hmm. I believe is a side chain. I know um, Draper Gormholm has um, some sort of interest in uh, Tezos. Uh, Mm -hmm. Doug nor I have any um, really opinions on that. We haven't really looked into that. But the... Where our money or time or focus is on is on optimistic roll-ups on Ethereum. We believe this is the horse from what we know today. This is the horse we want to back. That said, we are not um, Ethereum maximalists. We will move to the better horse, if there is a better horse, Yeah. on the information that uh, comes our way.
0: Yeah, I think that, you know, with my feelings on on some of this stuff, I'm I'm really public about it. Um, you know, so some of the folks in the Tezos community will will give me a hard time because I won't uh uh I'll I'll give them a little crap and joke with them when they say, you know, uh, Tezos is the last blockchain or well, you know, some meme like that. And and I don't believe that there's going to be a future where there is only one. Um, it, it's like saying there's only gonna be one programming language. There might be ones that are better for certain use cases. There might be ones that are, and and the use case might not just be the technological use case, but the business, uh, the business end of it as well. And um, at this moment in time, as you can see with the demand for Ethereum and the number of projects on Ethereum and the layer twos, the developers are there, the money is there, the people are there. I do believe in the future of of Tezos and the opportunity that, you know, porting to other chains might offer. But I think that, um, it's, 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 it's a long, it's, it's a long road and there's going to be lots of things you guys have already built on Ethereum, have years of experience on Ethereum and, and, um, enabling, you know, Matic or optimistic, um, or one of those. And and we are,
1: we are actively watching everything that's happening in this space. Mm Uh, and we're not, um, shunning anything at all we are actively watching and uh yeah and we Do you have
0: an idea on timing on layer twos uh you know will i be uh,
1: last, last time last i heard and i'm not the guy to ask about this but uh, optimistic roll-ups was coming live to uniswap and then they pushed it out two months which would put us to July, August, September. I don't know the details about this, but, uh, everybody that I know is kind of banking on this. Doug, who, you know, yeah. he, he's not banking on this. He's not a hundred percent sure that this is the solution for us, but he's hoping this is the solution. And if it's not, we're, uh, more than, um, happy to move to other solutions. But, uh, just the the words I heard from him is this is the horse that is favored to win the race and our money's backing the horse. That's a nine to one. favorite." Yeah, I'm, I'm a super
0: impatient person. So maybe there's a way to maybe use something like polygon or Matic in the, in the meantime or something, but uh, I don't know how much of a big build that is and how hard that is to, to we, we
1: hear this, um, uh, one of our big competitors who you have um, may know of, we can probably talk offline about that. They've done, a, I think, a very good job of doing this. They moved to Matic, uh, 10 times X our market cap by moving to Matic. Um, that will probably be have to be an offline discussion. Doug is a very, uh, our dev team is a very, uh, very focused on decentralization and they're not willing to give up decentralization if it gives up the security of the network. Yes. So, and if it gives us lots of short-term riches, if it ever gives up the decentralization of what we're trying to do, we will never go that way for better or worse, is yes. from what I understand to be the the theme of our dev team for better or worse
0: yeah no i mean i i i i love it i mean we're we're in this space for that reason and i think we have to think very very long term in these situations and there's short-term gains to be had uh with with moving quickly just to move quickly but there's yeah. long-term uh sacrifices that are made by doing things like that so it's, yeah. it's really- i have uh i have
1: a hundred percent faith in everybody uh on the dgens teams has a hundred percent faith in the dgens dev team for uh where we go from here and um we're just gonna kind of back and not do short sort of hack solutions. And you've seen the volume, we have zero volume on d for the last two, three months. Right? Yeah,
0: because so, of gas fees yeah. and
1: everything. Right. This is yeah. the reality. We could have um, done a lot of things which I may have done if I was in charge, but I'm not. But that's not my job. And we have um, very, very competent uh, dev people in charge, which Ooh. Yeah. So,
0: so actually, um, uh, Janet said thank you um, uh, as well. And then she said uh, she she asked a question. So she makes money on bets if you buy the Dgens token. Uh, not not exactly. But but this this is actually important. Um, you know we tend not to specifically talk a lot about the tokens of our portfolio companies when they launch a token because we don't want to even though we say not investment advice and things like that people then go hey well, they they got the dgen token so we should too so I'll, I'll preface it again by not investment advice although we already said it but um you guys did launch a token can you tell us more about the plans for that and what that means because you know I know you're
1: decentralizing control of the whole network as well, right? Yeah. So, so, so what we did with uh, the DGENs token is, I, I can't remember uh, the specifics, but we basically basically gave a big chunk, maybe 25% of the supply of effectively what was the equity to an airdrop to everybody that has used the token. And uh, we propose that uh, this token is a governance token. So everybody who has this token, who has used the product before, will determine the future of this project. Yeah, that's uh, what I would uh,
0: say. Yeah, so so, I mean, you, um Similar to like the Uniswap-style airdrop, I remember you guys launched it one day. Anybody who had ever used DGENs to place a bet before had uh, DGENs tokens waiting for them to, to claim. So actually, you should double-check if, if you haven't been on DGENs in a while with gas fees and things like that. There's,
1: there could be some tokens waiting for you there. Um, yes, and our plan is it's, it's uh, community-owned because we're all big fans of uh, decentralization for... I don't know, perhaps uh, legal reasons, perhaps, uh, I don't know, for uh, many reasons, but uh, yeah. So L2, as far as the roadmap, L2, we're trying to figure out how to get onto L2. And then governance is the next step. And then we can start vote about all of these next sort of things, whether we want multi-chain, do we want to build on Tezos? Do we want to build on BSC? It's not up to me. It's not up to Doug. It is up to all of us collectively as DGEN's holders. We will stake and vote collectively as governance holders, right? So, yeah. Uh, the whole uh, governance process is decentralized. There's no one person that owns a majority of the business anymore. It is all owned, community owned, right?
0: Yeah, that's really, yeah, that's really cool. I mean, and that's where, where uh, um, you know, that, that's where it starts to get interesting, right? Because I think that we, there's an easy way to, uh, to, Look at, um, I don't know, there's, a, there's an easy way to look at the, the, the first big problem, which is, you know, wanting to go peer to peer, wanting to be global, decentralized, and allow everyone to, to eventually create and build upon this platform, too, because I, it is open source um, and, uh, and all that. Um, but then there is the next step of shouldn't, you know, the, the crypto community's part of why crypto is really exciting, right? Should the participants of a network, of a product, be able to be the ones to govern it, to own it, to steer it in the direction they want? Um, and that's that's part of the beauty in the, in the really big next
1: step. And that right? and that's what we're doing. And that's what we're doing Um Uh, yeah. And we're, and we're doing that for a lot of reasons. We're just waiting until L2 gets out and then we're going to have governance, like a lot of these governance proposals. And yeah. So if you, uh, I just know um, from your background that you're a big uh, fan of Tezos. I don't know anything about Tezos, but you guys, um, you, uh, you guys are investors in our, our coin. Want us to go to Tezos? Yeah. yeah. Bring a proposal bring a proposal to the governance. And if we all vote on it, let's do it. Let's do
0: it. it. Yeah, I think that's that's the
1: beauty of it. You know, we're not at a 101 Wall Street where there's CEOs and receptionists. We're all all on the internet. We're all decentralized. This whole process is decentralized. So whatever you guys want to do, you being us, whatever we want to do, Let's do it.
0: Yeah. I think that's 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 the beauty and that's so exciting uh, for, for the whole for the whole industry. And I think that's that's where, where all of this is, is going and, and I'm 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 excited not just for you guys to launch on layer two, but the possibilities of, of other chains and things like that. And and there's there's sort of many ways to look at it, right? Because you could create a more consumer front end that sort of almost like obfuscates um the crypto side right like and somebody else could actually do that like somebody else could create an app where you can bet on sports on your phone and the back end could actually be
1: the so that's actually part of uh v2 which is uh we're releasing this oh maybe um q1 next year this is version two of dgens which is basically a white label where anybody can take the back end. If you can code, you can take anything and create a white end to it, and do anything you want. Yeah, so you can yeah. do anything you want. It's yeah. all open source. Do anything you want, and your commissions are just gonna flow to us as holders.
0: That's that's. I think that's where that's where the future gets really really crazy, right? Where I was going yeah. with with my previous comment, right? Is that people can build on top of this. I could create a, uh, you know, California college sports betting website or, or, or any different random things like that. The end is powered by what you guys have built. Um it's decentralized, it's it's global, but maybe in my jurisdiction it's legal for us to take credit card payments to go peer-to-peer. So I'll somehow enable that on the front end, or somebody else will do it in a different way, and somebody else will do it in a different way. But all of the liquidity and all of the back end kind of goes together and you know it's this decentralized network. You have
1: ownership in Ye- here. yes, sir. That's that's actually the plan is we hope to be the liquidity provider and whoever the front ends are. Whether it's you, whether it's somebody in China, we don't care. We just provide the liquidity, the bid in the ass, the liquidity. Somebody comes in and then the commission. But yeah, you're on the exact right page, what we're thinking. Right. We don't, I I don't think wants to be in the front end um, sports betting business. We want to, I think, be in the back end business of liquidity and let dudes like you, or that let dudes in, I don't know, Russia or whoever create their own front ends, access our liquidity, and then we just get a commission. Well,
0: I think that that's, that's, I think the future of almost all DeFi. you know, it's unrealistic to think that everyone um In the at least in the way it looks today, are going to have MetaMask accounts and participate in that way, right? Like my mom isn't going to ever participate that way, but she's in the demographic. Uh, although maybe, maybe she doesn't have, isn't there? But like you know, she's in the demographic age-wise of the people who have the most savings, at least in this country, right? And there's it's it's unrealistic to think that they're going to participate in DeFi to get that kind of yield or whatever with a MetaMask account, but it's not. Uh, unrealistic think that somebody created a product for them to more easily participate in, they just deposit their dollars and withdraw their dollars, that they wouldn't. They absolutely would at this point in this stage. And that's going to happen with almost all of DeFi. And what I tell people all the time is that, you know, banks, companies, groups like that, almost all of them have little to no proprietary tech. They have little building blocks, APIs, and products that they use for consumer lending, for uh, for savings, for, for different products that they uh, that they that they sell to their customers. And most products in DeFi should should be thinking in that way, right? I think that the future will come from uh, from exactly what you're talking about. You created the back-end infrastructure to make the most fair style thing exchange you possibly could, and then people instead of having to rebuild from scratch or having to compete with that transparency will enable that transparency and see look how fair we are you can look at the blockchain if you want to 99.9% of people won't but that's that's how we're going to get past this this distrust of big financial institutions that's that's happening today um, i think like i i always joke it's a worst case scenario the banks and those institutions will have to compete with, with DeFi to, uh, to bring a more fair system to their customers or they're gonna lose them. And the way they'll compete is to enable them to, to, uh, to use them and, and to participate themselves. So um, I'm, I'm super excited about uh, all of it. So, so before, before we end, um, you know, I'd, I'd love to hear, you know, so, so you said Q, Q1 or so, you're hoping for V2 of DGENs. Um, layer two will, will, probably depend on optimistic at the moment. Any, any other exciting, um, factors or, or things coming in the mix or, uh, or anything you want to make sure you plug, uh, obviously
1: dgens.com is where to go. Mm, I'm not really a plugger, but, um, <laughs> I, you guys ask questions about, uh, Draper Gorm home. Uh, They want to Invest in what you have and you guys are pretty into the whole crypto space. Why aren't you guys? Having something on Uniswap some sort of quasi equity fund that Like come on so So uh, you're, you're,
0: you're, you're your your lawyer's not there. Speaking our, <laughs> our, our our language right now, and I will say that probably, you know, I, I'm not gonna, I'm going to speak in weird code right now because I want to make sure I don't get in trouble. But like you know, probably uh, the reason why we don't have some kind of public token, or we haven't done some kind of crowd raise, or something like that, is it has to do with uh, regulation um, getting in the way and us being based in the United States making it really tough. But what's funny is that like you know there's a, a prime of our uh, organizations in our portfolio are launching. Um, they, they created something that's really cool that I don't know if many people know about but it's the first time ever they partnered with Balancer and it's the first time ever that a DAO can govern a balancer pool. And so imagine a basket of tokens that are set up uh, based on whatever percentage you want. And let's say some random person in the community or a DAO voted to create the Draper Gorin home liquid token basket. Uh, that's that's through a DAO on Balancer, and then the DAO could actually vote on rebalancing it every time a new portfolio company that has a liquid token gets gets put out there or something like that. That's technically possible, in all these things we're not enabling something like that because we're as a fund really long, uh, really long uh, uh, term focused, and you know more companies than not don't have liquid tokens yet. But that said, there's going to be some interesting things and we are actively working with uh, our lawyers to try and find a way to, uh, you know, potentially allow people who aren't accredited investors to participate in what we do. That's our biggest problem with, with, you know, my why I got in the crowdfunding space originally and what brought me into crypto originally was the fact that the the playing field is not level it is absolutely unfair and in the united states the prerequisite for anyone investing in a private company is that they're already a millionaire and that's completely screwed up and, and not cool but that same regulation is also stopping us from allowing our community the people who come to these events the people who who we love and work with and talk to on an everyday basis from participating Instead, when we pitch our funds or or what we do uh, when we're pitching our funds, not again, not saying that we are actively or not. um, But when we do that, we can only go to qualified investors and and it's not fair. So, um, you know, I would stay tuned because if at all possible, uh, we will make something like that eventually happening happen. Uh, and again, I'm not saying we're trying to or not, but it's really funny you brought that up uh, because we, we didn't personally discuss it, but but I think that's really, really crazy important, right? Like you see it,
1: you know, we we uh, we would absolutely love to do something like that. So let me just really uh, quickly... My, my my last comment is I think you are maybe overthinking it. <laughs> I think we are, but well, we... Well, we... Well, why not? Why not? Are airdrop something to DGENs, right? Oh, you mean like, why don't we just create like a
0: DGH token uh, and it represents yeah. something. So the, the issue is that I'm, I'm a believer in DeFi, like 1,010%, right? Uh, but the, the issue that stems from decentralized finance and, uh, when trying to connect it to real world assets, for example, our fund, um, creates problems in that if the government disagrees with us uh, and they want to give us a slap on the wrist or get us in trouble or, or anything like that. And when I say us is any project that has one foot in the, in the real world and one foot in the decentralized world. The big problem with that is as much as you try to circumvent government regulation or even comply with government regulation, if they don't agree, They close your bank accounts or they freeze things in the traditional world and it's over. So there isn't what DGENs, for example, or Uniswap, for example, if uh, the government decided they don't like what you're doing and they somehow convince Amazon to take down your web servers, right, you still have the smart contracts available and then a thousand other sites. I could interact with Uniswap through Total. I could inter- interact with Balancer through Total. I could interact with DGEMs by going directly
1: to SmartCon. I could go on EtherScan and actually well, interact. Wh- why SmartCount. not turn your, uh, your LP into a DAO? because we have
0: signed pieces of paper with most of our companies and we have a bank account that holds funds and things like that. And we, we could create a completely decentralized version and we may or may not be exploring things like that for the deals that do fit into that decentralized world. Um, but the, uh, the, the main, the main issue, uh, honestly is, is, is regulation and, and us being, uh, being wusses sure. <laughs> uh, and us all having families and all being based in the United States and uh there's, fair there's, enough, there's, fair yeah.
1: Enough.
0: yeah but 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 I I totally agree with you I will say that I participate in DeFi all the time and that idea of what Prime DAO is doing with their DAO governed pools and even token sets which I have no um no, uh, uh, you know, horse in that race or anything like that. It's just really, really cool. And I think that is, is definitely the future. And I think, for example, I've been saying this for years, for years, since I met the guys at Lunar Crush, one of our portfolio companies, imagine if uh, somebody could create a DAO governed pool, like what's happening with Prime DAO, but that the pool automatically rebalances Based on you know uh, metrics and data from from Lunar Crush, I, I already know right? yeah, I already know that Lunar Crush is a better trader than I am. The robot is yeah, a me better too. Trader than me I too. Am, right. So, so I would in a second take whatever I have in my, you know, in my mind for the risky DeFi wild bets I make in, in crypto and just throw it into a decentralized liquidity pool that automatically rebalances based on, you know, Lunar Crush Galaxy score. Me too. So, me too there we go so so but that almost needs to be launched in a decentralized fashion so that just like dgens it's owned by the community there's no central authority and the the decisions are made that way and i I would love to do something like that i think that is the future one million one million and like i said one million and ten percent what did i say before (laughs) but yeah uh i'm I, i love it and i love where you're you're going with it so you know, from your, your mouth to God's ears, more decentralization, uh, the better. And even, you know, uh, uh, Tim Draper was on CNBC this morning, and he, uh, he he yelled about his vision to create a fund that's denominated in Bitcoin, where all the investments are made in Bitcoin. Hopefully all the companies are paying their employees in Bitcoin, all of the dividends go back to the investors in Bitcoin. and if we have to deal with certain governments and certain regulation, even that stuff can be automated so that the taxes are paid in Bitcoin. So everything's done in Bitcoin. Everything's automated. No need for lawyers and accountants and fund admins and all these things like that. It's all that way. And uh, I'll take it a step further. You know, I think there's there's actually a benefit of going like I think Tim is probably better a uh, venture capitalist than a, a DAO that we create. I bet you that him on his own making his own decisions. Um, is probably better than, than the DAO we can Yeah, sure, probably. sure, sure. That said, that said, that's just a different um, product, right? So I wanna invest in the Tim Draper Bitcoin fund. Or I want to invest in the Dow Bitcoin fund. They might have different strategies. They might have different uh, angles, or both. Right? It's crazy to think like in these absolutes, right? Like I'm only going to invest in Bitcoin ever. Like that's like saying, uh, you know, I think Amazon is the best stock, so I'm never going to invest in Tesla. Well, you're a winner if you invested in either one of those a few years ago, right? So, so you know, it's. Uh, I think that's that's the future, though, right? So. I can't wait for that future, and I'm trying to help build for that future. And I'm having meetings all day long, every day, trying to come up with with ideas like that. So um, expect big, big announcements. uh, Although you know, you never really know.
1: (laughs) Hey, nice to talk to you, Alan. Thank you for the call. Let's uh, have another time. Thank you, everyone. Actually, before
0: I go, I didn't share some of the really quick things. Draper Gorin Home. we do a a crap load of events, (laughs) uh, for lack of a better term, every year we uh, have our big LA blockchain summit at the end of the year, the next one is going to be the global DeFi summit in June, Uh, after that we're going to have an NFT summit in August, and then uh, the big LA blockchain summit at the end of the year, that's the big blowout event. Remember to come in uh, weekly to watch this, come weekly on Tuesday nights to watch Adam do blockchain and booze. Blockchain and booze, uh, uh, we joked this morning, it's midnight in, uh, in Thailand, it was blockchain and booze for you, it was uh, what the block for me uh, with my coffee uh, this morning. So thanks everyone for watching, uh, make sure to subscribe everywhere and uh, we will see you all soon. Uh, thank you Matthew for uh, staying up late and being a good sport.
1: Take care, Ellen. Thank you, guys.
0: This has been a production of Industry Pods in association with Evergreen Podcasts Network. Hear this and other Industry Pods at evergreenpodcasts.com, your favorite podcast app, or listen at industrypods.com for your number one virtual conference podcast experience.